0: Welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast, where we watch Blizzard. There should be a device that would watch it for us, you know, something that would, like, make a tube of Blizzard that we could just consume. But unfortunately, no, we have to watch them the old-fashioned way. I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me this week are two just astonishing co-hosts. They're like natural wonders. Uh, first up, he, he's dangerous around eggs, Alex Zibart What have you I, been doing this weekend, Alex?
1: I love how your every intro references the pre-show that the vast majority of the listeners aren't going to hear. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, how, what did you ask me? How have you been? (laughs) Uh, good. I guess I did lots of grilling this weekend. A lot, a lot of grilling. And that's pretty much been the entire weekend.
0: Do you do it because it's too hot to cook inside or you just do it because you like it?
1: Well, in the States, it was Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, my girlfriend also had a guest over. So I grilled like burgers on Saturday, Chicken on Sunday, burgers again yesterday, plus all the other stuff I threw on the grill. So it was just kind of an event.
0: Okay, cool. And then you don't need a gadget to do it for you.
1: And I really uh, like grilling. So if the weather's nice, I'm going to
0: grill. That's just what I do. All right. I'm not confusing you nothing. I really like grilling. No, it's okay. Yeah, you what's know? your problem? Just let me grill, man. <laughs> it's going to be last
1: week all over Watch again.
2: your appendages, Rossi. <laughs> Can we stop referencing
1: the pre show? Nobody <laughs> knows what you're talking about. <laughs> also, with us this
0: week, uh, she likes poking hornets' nests, apparently, and stinging.
2: I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. No, it was good. I
0: like that. We, grill,
2: we grilled this weekend, too, only we just had steaks on Saturday. We didn't grill the rest of the weekend.
0: But yeah, I'd forgotten it was Memorial Day, actually, because, uh, you know, Canada.
2: Three day weekend. So everybody everybody was over here, and we grilled steaks. And had, like, steaks and baked potatoes, and it was good. And then, yeah, other than that, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot going on this weekend, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. I was, like, working on stuff, but it wasn't – right. it was a weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, as for me, uh, I spent pretty much the entire weekend doing, like, you know, being, basic, being somewhat eye problems, but also playing a lot of Diablo. Because that's what I do when I can't do anything else. And that was a lot of fun for me. So yeah, we didn't grill because it's actually been rainy. Like this has been the brightest it's been. Like we have we had rain pretty much all weekend long, uh, which been good because again, you know, I live in the land of wildfire. So having a weekend a solid of rain is a good thing, because uh, then I was everything gets say, wet. Oh,
2: that's probably
0: good.
1: I've been hoping yeah. for more rain because I live in I live in Milwaukee, which gets the lake effect. So. Uh, Everything west of us gets these very severe storms, and you can watch on the radar as these horrible storms roll towards Milwaukee, and it gets to like the county line, and the storm just dies. It's just gone. So whenever they're talking about tornadoes and stuff on the weather, it's never going to hit my house. We're going to get a drizzle, if that. And it kind of sucks sometimes when you want rain to cool things off.
0: Yeah, um, or in this case, to keep the landscape around you from bursting into flames, yeah. because that's what happens up here. Um, but yeah, it's, so that's it. We didn't do much this weekend. I, I haven't actually, we'll probably talk about this one first, as we move on to the top stories, which we usually do, you know, talk about various things going on. Uh, first up is the Warcraft movies out in a lot of countries, and reception has been mixed.
2: Oh, uh, that's what I did this weekend. That was the big thing I did this weekend. Tickets finally went on sale in my area for the movie, so I have my ticket. Alright, cool. Hooray. I didn't actually see the movie. It's not that no, it's exciting, not but I purchased yeah. the ticket to see the movie. That's not exciting, Anne. In a I week.
0: Think a, <laughs> I, think, I think the uh, the movie starts up here
2: around the 9th of June? Yeah, it's well, the official release date is the 10th, but as with all the big movies, all, all big yeah, midnight movies. Release. Yeah, they have the midnight release, so I'm going to the really late night show on the 9th. But, Yay! Uh, it, I actually have my uh, possibly
0: eye surgery this June, this June 9th. So I'm not sure what I'm doing vis-a-vis that movie.
1: Uh, the Warcraft movie is an audiobook.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'm – I'm not going to listen to an audiobook because my wife will be – probably, I'll probably be in the theater with like sunglasses on and my eyes closed.
1: Uh- <laughs> there. It's an audiobook.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, – I've, I've actually seen a lot of reviews of it and I honestly feel like I'm not tremendously concerned because I, I tend to like movies that don't get great reviews like it's just the way of it like some some movies don't get great reviews some movies do um i honestly do. some of the reviews i've read have been pretty silly like uh, one of the reviews was mad that it wasn't more like game of thrones yeah, um, i mean
1: a- reviews i think reviews never look well upon popcorn flicks and the marketing for the warcraft movie certainly makes it seem like a popcorn flick it's like a fun
2: it is a popcorn flick it's not meant to be some kind of hoity-toity cinematic Oscar-winning Marvel or anything. It's yeah. a movie about orcs and dudes duking it out and magic and stuff. Yeah,
1: uh, I pointed out in the queue uh, the other day, the oh, Fast I know. the Furious movies have always been consistently low-rated until the fifth one, and now there's eight of them. I so. was going to
2: say, how many are there now? That certainly didn't affect them like making more the, the of them because yeah, people the still go see them, them in
1: droves, you know. Uh, by the fifth one, suddenly reviewers are like, this is great. But one through four, it was like, what is this trash?
0: The thing is, is honestly, I I said this the other day, I think I was writing the queue and I had to deal with the fallout of the review thing. And uh, one of the things I said was that in general, uh, there are are reviews for various purposes, but the real purpose of a review is so that you can read it and say, okay, this sounds like something I'd like, or it doesn't sound like something I'd like. And one of the things that, that came to mind was the infamous Pauline Kael review of Star Wars, where she basically said, this movie is terrible. And the thing is, is that from the perspective of Pauline Kael, who was a brilliant critic and a very insightful woman, uh, Star Wars was terrible because it didn't do any of the stuff she wanted movies to do. She wanted film to be about interior landscapes of human beings and their interactions. And that's great when you're reviewing but like the deer hunter. This
2: was a lighthearted kind of campy space opera. <laughs> you was, know? It's like a different it, thing entirely.
0: It was, I, I think I'm, the point I made was, it was like basically the star Wars movies were direct descendants of serials from the twenties and thirties. You, you, you go into that movie expecting it to talk about the, the human heart in conflict with itself. No, <laughs> we got a death star. <laughs> the Lightsabers have, and ray guns. Uh, the human heart doesn't have time to be in conflict with itself. They, they just blew
2: up a planet, man. There, um, there are no introspective woogies they saved that for like the um, Christmas special yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was terrible <laughs> that movie, that Christmas special was a masterpiece it was, was it in. was it was so bad and so wonderful all at the same
0: time but in terms of like how this movie is going to do or like how it is to watch I mean I don't know I'm the guy that liked Batman versus Superman I'm sorry so I had a good time at that movie but if I, I go in the yeah, most people haven't. And a lot of people reviewed it, even though they hadn't seen it.
1: I just don't uh, go to a lot of movies.
0: But My point isn't just, you know, I think that the people who are listening to this podcast are aware of World of Warcraft. And I think if you're aware of Warcraft as a thing, you're probably going to like the movie fine. Yeah. Um. And if you're not, I don't know how I don't know if they've succeeded in making a movie that you can go into and not have any idea what's going on.
2: If you're not, you still, might be kind of confused. Yeah, Which, I don't know how that is. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'll, I'll know when I, when I finally get to see slash hear it, um, since I'm getting the sense it's going
2: to be a there's, lot of, oh, yeah. There's a difference between somebody like just walking in off the street who's had no experience with the games whatsoever and a person who's had 10 years or more emotionally invested in this video game. The person that's been emotionally invested in the video game is going to like the movie. Probably. Yeah, for no other reason, if nothing like, hey, else, it's- they're going to understand the movie on an entirely different level.
0: And, and you'll get to see the Lion's Pride in. So, hey. Um, but I really do feel and like... And Murlocs.
2: I heard there was a Murloc in it. I'm really excited oh, about that.
0: But I, I do feel like um, in terms of marketing, since, we, since Alex mentioned the marketing, I think marketing is done in certain ways because it works. But I think a lot of times marketing generates backlash. Um, and I think this is a case where... The marketing for the Warcraft movie did not do it any favors. I, I think that it, it did hit people who'd never heard of Warcraft and nudge them towards it. But I also think it generated some resentment. I think some people really didn't like it based solely on the marketing. And I have a problem with that in general. I feel like if a reviewer goes into a movie, I've read a couple of reviews where it felt like they didn't even know what they were talking to- I'm going to just name it. The Kotaku review. I'm sorry. If you work at Kotaku, I'm sure you're <laughs> fine people. That review was crap. The review was awful. That was a it was a crap review. I I can't use the words I want to use because you didn't you you deliberately went out there trying to write a review to tick off people and not to review the movie and that's that's never a good idea. I mean, I'll just say
1: when you're t- talking especially a you know Warcraft movie you probably have you know on these general gaming nerdy sites you probably have people writing movie reviews who have never written a movie review. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Hollywood sites you probably have movie reviewers who don't necessarily like the genre have been assigned to review a fantasy film.
2: Oh plus no, general, I gotta go see an orc movie. What's an orc? Right.
1: They're like, well I I like comedies or I like romances or whatever. And the other editor is like, uh, we need somebody to cover Warcraft. You gotta go see you're, you're
2: available. Movie. Here's some tickets. And plus, then they're
1: like, oh God, orcs, this is so dumb.
0: Plus it's there's just a point that how someone it made, works. Someone made a point to me though about that too. Uh if you're a professional movie reviewer you see a lot more movies than the average person.
2: Oh yes. Do you like, ever? I'm, I had a friend who did reviews for like the newspaper one of the newspapers in Denver and that guy saw movie I think he was in the movie theater every other day or so. Yeah. Like he and saw everything that came out.
0: When you're that's the case, it's the same thing as if you're like you know, if you read a ton of comic books or you read a lot of novels in a week, a month or whatever. You become versed in the like storytelling shortcut language of the medium. Movies have things they do because they work, but they do them over and over again. One of the most glaring ones once you notice it is the blue orange effect yeah. where movies use blue and orange to denote mood a lot. Um they they change the the color palette of the movie around those colors. Um, there's, the, the, the old, you know, there's the the old trope that we've all seen from from the uh, Star Wars prequels where Darth Vader goes, no, and everyone laughs at it because it's ridiculous. But movies do that a lot. Movies have people yelling no a lot because it works very well as shorthand emotionally. And if you only see one or two
2: movies every couple of months,
0: it won't bother you. But the, if more, you go, the more yeah.
2: you see it, the more you're looking at the structure rather than the film. Yeah, you're looking at how it was made rather than it. And that's a
0: situation where if you're going into this movie, I am positive that Duncan Jones, who made Moon, understands the visual language of shortcut storytelling that he's using. But you're as a a critic, you're noticing it. Whereas me as a guy just going to watch orcs punch people, I'm going to I'm going to a movie where I know that orc picks up a horse and throws it at guys. I'm excited about that moment. Yeah,
2: I, I want to <laughs> see that see, on the big screen. It's 3D seen it. even. <laughs> yeah, screen,
0: I know, but, but I want to see it again. I'm fine with saying that, but again, you know, these are situations where the the reviewer might be factually correct, but they're not focusing on what you'll be focusing on. So take it for what it's worth. Maybe the film is terrible. The, I, I have not seen it. The movie could be terrible. I don't know. I can't sit here and tell you it's a good movie. That would be ludicrous.
2: Um, until I see part... it. The weird part is, I mean, I have quite a few people that follow me on Twitter and I have quite a few people in other countries that follow me on Twitter who have seen the film and all of them have said that it was a good film. So on the one hand, I have the critics and the reviews that are saying one thing. And on the other hand, I have all these people who are Warcraft fans who are really excited about the movie and want to go see it two or three times. You know, have you got do you
1: guys know what cinema score
2: is? i uh, heard of it, not familiar with the mechanics of it. Okay.
1: CinemaScore has, in certain theaters throughout the country, after people have seen a movie, they'll get a little survey to rate a movie.
2: Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's I get like,
1: that. It's like rating a test. It's like A through F or whatever. And what CinemaScore has found that regardless of what view- reviewers say about movies, the vast majority of movies get rated by viewers a B or higher because people who come out of a movie say, was I entertained? Yes, I was. Was I super entertained? It's an A. Was I normal entertained? B. It's rare for a movie to get worse than a B. So from an audience perspective, what the reviewers say doesn't really matter. If you gave them a little bit of fun in that two-hour period, they'll give you a B.
2: And the funny part is I think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that people don't go see movies blind. Like they know what they want to go see. They, they yeah. know what interests them, and they make sure they go see that. Like, me, it's I'm actually, not about to walk into, you know, a movie I don't care about, especially with the price of movie tickets being what they are. So like the, the odds are good that if I go see a movie, I'm going to like it.
1: Yeah, and the Fast and the Furious movies, who reviewers said was just terrible, uh, every, every single one of them got an A, except the first one, which got a B. So
0: Yeah, yeah people knew what they wanted. But also, um, we should probably move on because we've talked a lot about this and other stuff happened this week. Basically,
2: Um, if you like Warcraft and you're excited about seeing this movie that's been talked about for I don't know how many years and you're actually going to get to see it on the big screen, go see it. Don't pay attention to the reviewers. They don't matter
0: in the long run. uh, Okay. Also, uh, this week has been the, I guess, one week of, of Overwatch.
2: Overwatch has been out for a week now. I know Alex has been playing it a lot and you've been playing it a lot. I haven't, I haven't actually gotten much of a chance to play it like at all, which is kind of upsetting. But the thing is, is like, I don't want to play it on my own. I want to play it with other people and me being the stars being aligned where I am available and other people are available have not occurred yet. So it's like, I want to get in and play because I miss playing it. And you know, um, do you know what I've noticed, though? And I mentioned this on Twitter earlier today, but I feel oh. like I feel like I should mention this. I've gotten really into, like, ambient sounds for some reason. I just find them really interesting, and I like them a lot. And I like them as background noise. Like, I could sit there and put on, I don't know, the bridge from Mass Effect 3, just, like, the background hum of the bridge. I could put that on my computer oh, on like, repeat uh, forever.
1: Yeah, like, ambient sound for, like, uh, I use them for, like, focus and concentration when I'm working on right, something. Right, I need background noise, but I don't want it to be lyrical or anything like that. So I'll just right. – uh, there's and, a few websites I actually have paid to subscribe to just for having a selection
2: of white noise. So it's kind of like this soothing thing to me, right? And I know everybody's going, how does this even matter to Overwatch? Okay, so when I go into Overwatch and I'm taking screenshots for articles and things like that, the way that I do this, I don't go in and I don't – do combat because you're never going to get the right shot if you're in the middle of blowing up somebody or being blown up one or the other. What I do is I just create a custom game with a map, adjust myself in it. And I go in, look around the map, find the areas that I need screenshots of, take several of those and find you know the correct angle, all this other stuff. That's fine. Um, The other day I did it and I turned the music off. I don't remember why I had the music off. I turned the music off. And all of a sudden I started to notice how incredibly subtle and multi-layered the background ambient noise is in every map in that game like you if you haven't listened to it you should go do it because it's kind of eerie but it's nice there's like something really soothing about it and different areas have different sounds the one that really really makes me happy is uh route 66 because there's a canyon wren that keeps singing every once in a while and canyon wrens, they're really common around here in okay. this area so when i heard it i immediately knew what the heck it was and i'm like Okay, whoever stuck that bird noise in this particular map, they really knew what they were doing because that area, that's where you'll find those little, like, somebody was paying attention, I guess. I don't know. It kind of impressed me. Basically, the sound design team for Blizzard, they're top notch because this is all stuff that you don't even hear nine times out of 10 because you're listening to either the music or you're listening to your teammates talk or you're listening to combat noises or that kind of thing but when you start stripping all of that away that's when you start noticing how multi-layered this is and yeah it's just cool i don't know it was cool my like favorite it.
1: thing on route 66 is you know the the preparation area on that map is a restaurant
2: yeah on the one end I love yeah. it.
1: <laughs> um, I like picking mercy on that map and saying heroes never dine and knocking tables over. <laughs> it amuses me.
2: I just like, um, I don't know. All of the little starting areas are kind of cool. It, it Just the ambient noises, though. I'm like, this is really nice. Who did this? I wish I knew who did this so I could give them a cookie. The, speaking of uh, that diner, the other night I was watching, Taryn Gregory was streaming some Overwatch. Yeah. And uh, he was playing... He was playing Soldier 76 and he had like that spray that's just the visor with the hair on top.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> he was in the diner and there was that poster with the pancakes and he put yeah. the spray right on top of it so that the pancakes were the face. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of comedy involved in sprays that I didn't notice before, but they're actually pretty entertaining.
1: I, I like the sprays that come in
2: two parts. yeah.
1: Um, like, Reinhardt has a spray, or it's him arm-wrestling nobody, and Zarya has a spray, or she's arm-wrestling nobody, but if you put them together, they're arm-wrestling each other. Or there's uh, Hanzo and Genji has a yin and yang thing, and if you Hanzo and Genji are spray them together, it forms the full symbol.
2: Yeah, the one that I saw, um, like, it's even more fun when they don't go together, but people make them work. So, like, there was one that I saw that was, like, Symmetra... And she's holding out one arm and you can't see her other arm. So somebody layered in a spray of this like giant mechanical fist (laughs) coming off (laughs) her other side. And then somebody else made an explosion coming off of the fist. I'm like, this is art. This is high art. This is amazing.
1: Uh, I like the battle mercy spray because you can put it above somebody else's spray and it looks like she's shooting them in the face.
2: Oh, yeah. Not one's a good
0: one, too. Uh, the last story for the week should be the heroes of the storm is got it's one year anniversary this year. Um, coming up actually, it'll be in June from the second to the 14th. And, uh, in addition to various, uh, various things going on sale, there's a 50% XP week event. It's not not a weekend. It's going to be from the second to the 14th. So if you've been playing heroes for a while and you want to get a character up, now's the time to do it. If you haven't been playing in a while and you want to start, now's a good time to catch up. Uh, I'm going to talk to the people who play Heroes a lot more than I do, because I'll be quite honest with you. I am dog-terrible at Heroes. I'm not (laughs) as bad at Heroes as I am at at Hearthstone. Hearthstone I am truly, truly terrible at. But uh, I know Alex plays a lot, and so I'll ask you, what are your thoughts on one year of Heroes?
1: Uh, I mean, it feels like Heroes has been around so much longer, because... It had an open beta that was going on for really, a while, did Yeah.
2: It? It, when it launched, it didn't really... Like, there wasn't any big fanfare or anything. It was just like, I okay, just it's go, the like, game now. just now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So it feels like Heroes has been around for more than a year just because I've probably been playing it for two, maybe two and a half years. I don't know. Um, but I think any XP boost event is probably the most exciting thing. Every time there's bonus XP, you just want to play because... And that's a I mean, really
2: long one, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz XP is if you're just trying to level lots of heroes cuz there's lots of heroes in the game now and there's they've been there have been more added since the last XP boot. It's nice to have an XP bonus just to level them faster and get your rewards and your gold. So I'll I'll definitely play during that event. Are they
2: going to have um is it Medivh that's coming in?
1: Medivh is something like June the,
2: the Is it coming in before after
1: it's either the week of or the week after the movie. I don't remember. I should remember because Liz and I talked about this on
2: So our you'll be Patreon able to podcast. like take advantage of the XP event with Medivh is what I'm asking.
1: Yeah, Mediv and okay. Cromie. Chromie, Chromie's first free week, if she's on the free rotation she I think she's lined up to be on it next week. She should be. Maybe not. Maybe they'll save it. Usually heroes are free for the first time, like three to four weeks after they've released. So she might be on the rotation
2: I have during a question. this
1: event. Yeah.
2: In- and you know the answer to this. I'm sure you do. See, I, I'm like Rossi, I don't play Heroes. I managed to get through the tutorial. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm really bad I've at these I've played games. it occasionally, but I'm... I, I'm, um, I'm really bad at these games, and I know I am. So I'm like, okay, I'm the, well, that yeah. was fun. I'm just going to step back from that now and let the people that know how to play, play it. Um, but if you pick up a Hero during the freebie play week and you level them or whatever... Do you yeah. keep those levels if you later buy that hero or yeah. what? Oh, yeah. okay.
1: And like if you level It saves just your progress. It saves the progress. Okay. Because every level you get a, a reward. So if it reset, you know, at level five with the hero, you get 500 gold. If you got to level five and it's free and then it reset to one, you could just get free gold every single time it's free. So, yeah, you keep levels per hero, whether they're good. free or paid or whatever. Okay. All That's right. why it was so good when... Um, for Heroes of the Dorm, they had every hero playable for free that weekend? Man. So any hero you hadn't previously played, you could just do all of them that weekend and just level them to 5 and get a buttload of gold.
2: And then if you ever decided to purchase it later, you would be level 5 automatically. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. All right. That's all I had to say about that, really. Yeah. Medivh- Except that it just it doesn't feel like it's been a year because like I said, Heroes was one of those games where it was like there wasn't a big hullabaloo about the launch or anything it was just like okay we're live now yeah but yeah, it already it, had such a fan base that i guess it didn't really need the fanfare so much because everybody was already playing the heck out of it
1: so. yeah or it just kind of left kept it a lower key release and yeah but medivh i don't remember if he's releasing week of or week after warcraft movie and that'll think well in either case he'll be active while the bonus xp event is still going if
2: it's only going through the 14th that's why i'm wondering
1: Yeah, so whether it's the week of or the
2: because the movie comes out on the tenth.
1: So and the new heroes are always on a Tuesday. So
2: okay, if it's the Tuesday, if it's the Tuesday before, then that means we'll see him next week on the seventh. Yes. If it's not, then we'll see him on the fourteenth, which means. When the event ends? Yeah. Okay.
0: That means you'll have to play Mede very hard that day.
2: Oh well, we'll see how that goes. I
0: don't know. I still argue that they need Deckard Cain.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they're only doing Medivh because he's
0: in the Warcraft movie. Well, they still had to do him. which um, they had to
2: Maybe do they're him. doing Medivh because Medivh is awesome. Hello. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> eh.
1: Alex E. resounding, Casey man. Well, it's mostly... I'm not all that excited for his addition to Heroes because he seems kind of boring. He's he's categorized as a support, but all he does is like crowd control stuff and movement stuff. And Heroes, it's like you have... It's like any game where when Blizzard adds support, you use the support classes who can cast healing spells. If they don't have healing spells, they're not support you don't use. So will Mediv actually be played or used or enjoyed? I don't know. We'll have to see.
2: Well, all right. That's that my would really style.
0: weird. It'd be really weird if they gave Mediv a healing spell.
2: Yeah, that doesn't yeah, quite it's, work.
1: It's kind of the same as um like I've noticed in Overwatch. Symmetra is categorized as support but she can't be your team's solo healer.
2: No. She has you a bunch of other stuff she does. Heals. Yeah. You need
0: Mercy or Zenyatta
1: or uh Lucio. Lucio. Yeah. So she sure is
0: categorized as support. Lucio her. Lucio's a
2: crazy good healer, Rossi. Oh, yeah.
0: I don't know anything about Lucio. He's like Ma- the one character Madicus, I never
2: played. Madicus plays the heck out of him and Madicus is really good with him. He's like insanely good if you can play him right. Better than Mercy, I'd say, but yeah. Anyway,
1: Lucio has been... All of his healing is mostly passive, so he can shoot people while he's still healing the people around him, whereas Mercy kind of has to give up her ability to shoot people when she's healing people. What does Zenyatta
0: do? Doesn't he make zones of healing?
1: He's... Well, his ultimate creates a zone of healing around him, but otherwise he has... Orbs of Harmony. He puts an Orb of Harmony on a teammate, which is like a heal over time. So he's like a druid in WoW. Ah.
2: Or he puts an Orb of Discord on the other team, which means they take more damage.
1: Yeah. So Zenyatta is the druid. Mercy is the priest. Lucio is like, what, the paladin?
2: Yeah, because he's got like an aura.
1: And Symmetra just doesn't have healing
2: Or like a monk with soothing mist or something, you know, like like the old fist weavers used to be. They fight, but they also heal around them,
1: yeah. So, so the thing that makes Symmetra not be considered a healer by players in Overwatch is the same reason I think Medivh is not going to be seen as a support in heroes. It's the same reason Tassadar, who mostly shields people, is generally not seen as somebody who can support the team by himself. He doesn't have healing spells.
0: Okay. Right. Uh, at this point, I guess we should move on to emails. Uh, is usually the case if you have an email for us and to podcast at blizzardwatch.com it can be on any topic it can be about wow um you know heroes of the storm uh starcraft 2 rock and roll racing we will talk about rock and roll racing even if it drives alex insane
1: um we just don't care
2: it needs to be a Uh, hero's map sorry not sorry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and if you don't mind
1: i would be okay with heroes of the storm having a car hero we have a tank hero
2: Sure, why not? Do it.
1: Give us a race car.
2: So email. First email is from Luthor. Yes, we are finally getting to you. Luthor had a really long email. and We didn't get a chance to get to it last week. So we're getting it to it this week. And it's really long. So I'm just going to kind of summarize if that's okay, guys. Yep. It's okay. With me. So uh, he says, from Luthor, your faithful servant. I didn't know we had one of those. Apparently we do, guys. He says, dearest watchers, I re- recently purchased War Crimes along with Chronicle, of course, and I have a problem with Thrall. Welcome to the club. Um, he says, I've been thinking about this for a while. Before I got the book, I had rewatched the Warlords cutscenes for fun one night. And the Matt Gora, I know I misspelled it, scene kept bothering me. I know you all discussed it briefly before, but I'd love your opinion still. What bothers me is not only did Thrall clearly cheat in their duel, but everything Garrosh said was true. Yeah, I said it. He had no business being war chief and he knew it. In the prologue to War Crimes, Risa said that Varian should not have stopped Goel from killing Garrosh and or- Orgrimmar, and I agree. It would have been a better death for Garrosh, first of all, and all the trouble he caused after escaping the trial would have been avoided. If Garrosh had died at Orgrimmar, all the lives lost in Warlords of Draenor would have been spared as well as all the lives lost because of the coming Legion invasion. If Warlords had not come to pass, Goldon Number 2 wouldn't have gone to the Broken Isles, and all the people who died on the Broken Shore wouldn't have died. I know this one is really long, but I'd love to get your guys' opinion on all this. Keep up the great work all, and may the drops be with you.
0: Uh, I will argue that Thrall didn't cheat at the macora That's as far as I'll go to defend him. But there are no rules against using shaman powers in the macora It's one of the reasons you don't want to just challenge a shaman to it because they can do that and you want to if you're going to fight one of them you want to kill him fast before he can you know make the earth grab you and then make lightning bolt hit you that's you know that's a shaman thing to do you don't want to there's a reason people go around challenging shaman all that often thing is
2: though he does have a point and even the elements themselves didn't agree with what thrall did during that duel True, sure, but um, it's not actually cheating And that as comes such. back, no, yeah, it's not, it's not exactly cheating per se, although it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be like, you choose your weapon, and if you've chosen a weapon, well then using the elements as an addition to that weapon might be considered kind of cheaty, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the technicalities are on a mech think, If we ask would... Christy Golden for clarification, she might have some.
1: <laughs> I mean, if Garrosh chose, like, Gorhal as his weapon, but he also used a shotgun and he just said, Well, that's just my character class. And that'd be kind of crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. but he did he did at one point throw Gorhal away and just start punching a dude. It's not like you have to stop punching. You know, Thrall can punch you with rock. I mean, it's just something he does. But whether or not, you know, I'm I'm on the side of Thrall didn't cheat, that doesn't mean I think Thrall was right.
2: No. I and
0: think, I I think I you know, when I said
2: welcome to, to the club, I meant that yeah. Yeah, welcome to the club. A lot of people think that same thing. Go ahead, Rossi. I'm sorry.
0: I just, Thrall in general, I mean, first off, he straight up abandoned his responsibilities as war chief because the elements needed him and, you know, he was going to save Azeroth, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. But he should, When even his closest friends were like, dude, seriously, seriously. And we can go back and forth on why. Obviously, Thrall romanticizes his people quite a lot. This is something people do. They romanticize the group, especially if it's a group they were never actually part of growing up. Thrall didn't grow up an orc. He didn't really know orc culture. He didn't understand it. When he finally got it, he got it after he'd escaped from human slave pens and discovered orcs out in the wild, living, you know, ragtag existence after the war. It was it was actually Grommash Hellscream that taught Thrall the beginnings of this is what we are as orcs. And then it was, you know, the frost wolves in, in Orgrim Doomhammer that finished his education. So he got it as an adult and he got an emphasis on things that orcs themselves hadn't really emphasized as strongly. So he romanticized it. And when he put, you know, when he put Garage in charge, he was very heavily romanticizing. And I think even Karen called him out on it.
2: He said he wanted the orcs to go back to the old ways. But that picture that he had in his head of the old ways was this very much rose tinted glasses version that he'd gotten from orcs who had seen who had lived long enough to see the error of it. So they presented the ideal version to him. And that's what he grew up with. He He you know, he's not. He's part orc, but he's also part human in a way, because a lot of his education and a lot of his upbringing and a lot of his just interacting with the rest of the world came from a very human perspective. He you told, know what I mean? Yeah,
0: he told Garrosh, I want us to go back to the old ways, and Garage
2: was like, oh, okay. Garrosh Garrosh was like, yeah, sure, we'll go back to the old ways. But Garrosh's memory of the old ways, he didn't go through the Dark Portal. He didn't participate in the first, second, third wars. He didn't see what happened once the orcs had done what they'd done. He just had like this vague idea of what had happened. And he knew that the orcs had been corrupted. He knew that his father was the first to drink the demon blood. And when you first encounter Garrosh... That weighs on him heavier than anything else, because it means that his bloodline is tainted. Whether or not he, you know, anyone holds that against him, he holds it against himself. And that's why he's so depressed. Thrall comes in and says, no, your dad was a great guy. Let me show you and gives him almost what I call another romanticized idealistic picture of his own father. And Garrosh Mm -hmm. took that and said, I want to be like that guy and and just kind of like ran with it without knowing what Gromash had done to get to the point that he was at when that event occurred. When yeah, Manoroth was defeated,
0: you know, literally, literally Manoroth's defeat took place right after Grommash had fell off the, health,
2: the the blood wagon. And he was a feeling really, blood. really remorseful about the whole thing. So, of course, you know, he goes into this whole heroic moment or whatever. But, you know, Thrall holds this up as this like idealistic view. And I think that's a lot of Thrall's problem, really, is just that he has this really idealistic view of everything. Was,
1: wasn't was there also this element of uh, during Wrath of the Lich King, didn't the orcs start seeing Garrosh as kind of a war hero because he yeah. was effective in Northrend or yeah. whatever?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So but I'm it's... sure there's also pressure on Thrall. Like, okay, if there's going to be an orc at the forefront, I guess it's got to be this guy who my people see as a hero. Well,
0: plus he pointed out that he'd actually intended it to be someone else, but then that guy died. You know, he originally he'd intended it to be Dranosh. Draenor Sarfang. Yeah, and Dranosh died, and it was but Garrosh was basically the the survivor. He and, and he Garrosh himself. Garrosh knew he wasn't a good leader in that way. He was. He's a good leader in terms of he can motivate people. He's he'd be a great battlefield commander. If somebody else was making the strategy, have Garage handle your tactics. Well, have Garage be the guy that executes your war plans. He's great at that. He's great at getting a bunch of orcs and going to them and saying, we're going to kill everything over there. And they're like, yeah, we totally are. This brown guy's yelling really good. We like the yelling. And then they go kill things. Putting Garage in charge of the horde was a huge mistake on a number of fronts. And Thrall compounded the error at every step. And he, this, the reason Siege of Orgrimmar really bothers me is because Thrall started his, you know, campaign of I'm not responsible there. And, he you know, the Mac just seals it. He, he's like, you know, no, you choose your own path. He's like, he didn't. There is no way you can argue that Gr- that Garrosh Hellscream chose his own path at any point in time until he came to Draenor. Draenor is the first time he got to pick his own path. Warlords of Draenor is the example of him choosing his own path. Everything he did to the Horde was because Thrall put him on that road. And Anne just pointed out that the spirits seem to agree with us.
2: It's just, it's like, like I said, it's Thrall has this idealized view of everything. And so when he approaches the the world, he approaches it from the perspective of this is how the world should be. It should be better. It should be like this, and I'm going to make it that way. So I'm going to free the orcs from their captivity. And everybody was like, yeah, that's great and everything. And then he takes them to, you know, Calumdor And he says, okay, we're going to like, get along with everybody we're gonna we're gonna ally with these we're gonna try and do this whole peace thing with these humans and the orcs are like yeah that's that's not really that great actually that's kind of like you know the opposite of how we usually are so why are we doing that again but to thrall excuse excuse me excuse me war chief war chief um i got a question
0: do we have to keep living in this desert yeah we totally do okay (laughs) You're aware there's no water here, right? Well, we have to pay for our blood. Tra- I was four. <laughs> uh, my sister and I just got brought. O- Why do we have to pay a blood debt? Well, the humans will never trust us. I don't care. Um, we have no water. And you have me attempting to grow pigs in, in a cactus patch. Like,
2: how does this even?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said, okay. When you go from water to growing pigs, I imagine <laughs> them planting piglets in the ground and <laughs> waiting for I- them to sprout.
0: <laughs> Why wouldn't they? <laughs> they don't know anything about farming. This is like the descendants of farming people who came is over not. To fight.
2: It's yeah. So it it. I have to Thrall, go to the patch trying, and pick some bacon. <laughs> Thrall was trying to shape the horde into his idealized view of what the world should be, and the horde didn't quite cleave to that because they they it wasn't it wasn't what they wanted. It was a very it was a half human way of looking at the world. And Thrall understood it completely. And Jaina was, you know, she was on board with it. But the rest of the orcs who had no touch of humanity at all, and their only experience with humanity was, oh, yeah, these are the guys that locked us up. These are the guys that we fought. These are the guys that, you know, killed my grandparents or whatever, you know, that's their experience with it. So when you have some orc who comes in and says, let's just forget about all that. All those horrible atrocities and the fact that I freed you from internment camps that these guys put you in. Let's just forgive all of that and play nice now. And the rest of the horde wasn't really having it so much. And then then Thrall goes to Outland and he finds Garrosh and he says, Oh, I see your dad in you. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you feel better by showing you how awesome your dad was because he was totally awesome. I swear he was like the best guy ever. I don't know anything about all of the stuff that he did before I met him. But the guy that I knew when I met him, he taught me everything there was to be about an orc and he was great and he was also like this big hero and everything.
0: I mean, and- sure there was that one time when he like went crazy and drank demon blood yeah. again. But We're it's okay, he made up out. for
2: that. He he made up for that cuz you know, he killed the big demon guy. But let's let's do this one better. Garrosh. let me take you under my wing. Let me take you back to Azroth and I'll show you Aren't this our, marvelous like eight years world. Older than you? I'll i <laughs> I'll show you this marvelous world that you came from and you could be my best buddy just like Gramosh was and and you know you could you could live in the world that your dad lived in and you know it's basically he went out into the wild found a tiger said here kitty kitty and brought it home to be a house cat that does not work
0: <laughs> that just that? doesn't work Wrong. World's well, other problem, like we're talking about how he's idealistic, but the problem is, isn't, isn't that he's, you know, he thinks the world should be better than it is. It's that he acts like it is, like he, like he doesn't oh, yeah, think I'm going to make it better. Well, that, that's he acts what like he it's, believes one hundred percent. You know, he acts like it already happened. Like somehow there was a magical transformation, like a Sailor Moon moment, and all the orcs are like, yeah, okay, we're totally farmers now, even though literally the entire horde was a bunch of people fighting and. The children of those people, we have been taught nothing and you want us to turn this desert into a paradise with nothing. And the gr- gr- you know, garage comes along and is like, are you guys tired of trying to grow pigs? I mean, you keep sticking them in the ground like that. Look, little feet are kicking. That doesn't work. Why don't we just go take some grain from those elf people? Um, and everybody
2: well, else was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Let's go do that. <laughs> some, some of the orcs were like, Thrall, Thrall said we shouldn't do that. Okay, did did
0: Thrall tell you that we're going to sit here in this desert? Yeah. How's that working out for you?
2: Do you um, really weird. like that all that much? Because he told me that I should be leading these people like the Horde of Old. And I don't think he really knows what that means. So let me show you what that means. The Horde means.
0: of Old doesn't, you know. So all of that aside, too. I mean, even all of that's important. But all of that aside, the very simple fact of the matter is, is that Thrall... Absolutely ducked his responsibilities.
1: And it, it's like okay, is is Thrall responsible for the decisions Garrosh made? No, Garrosh made those decisions, but Thrall empowered him to make those decisions. Knowing the kind of person who Garrosh is, put him in charge.
2: I don't think hey. he knew who Garrosh was. I don't think he ever made Thrall
1: I was standing there on both occasions when Garrosh no, was like, no, no, very Rin, no. I'm gonna murder your face.
2: No, no. I I mean on I think that Thrall thought he knew who Garrosh was. Because like with everything else in the world, Thrall had this idealized view of Garrosh and what he could be. He saw in Garrosh his potential to become his father, but not not the father that Gr- Grommash Hellscream really was. He saw that- Possibly that the
0: worst father ever, because the guy was, it was
2: around. It was this idealized, again, he had like this idealized view of who Garrosh was and and who Garrosh could be and wanted, you know, he's he I just think- he wanted to encourage that. And he wanted it so much that he accepted it as his own reality, even though Garrosh is standing right there doing the exact opposite. Thrall was just pretty much blind to... The failures of everybody, not the failures, he was blind to the faults of those around him. He wanted to overlook them so badly because he wants everybody to be a decent person. And that's his failing. That's his failing
1: right there. If your friend has threatened to murder somebody's face
2: multiple times right in front of you, it's probably not. Yeah, you don't turn a blind eye logistically, but he did. See, that's the thing is that he didn't just turn a blind eye.
0: I accept that he did turn a blind eye, but he went beyond that. When, like, some of his oldest friends were like, "Dude, um, I know you like this guy. I know you like, you know, re- you really, you want to like have him in the clubhouse, and that's great and all." But um, I- I've been backing you up since you came over to Calmdor. I mean, you know, me and all my friend, my my cow people friends, and so far, all we we you know we really liked the part where you helped us in this the centaur. That was great. This guy's a maniac. And I don't mean. Oh no, he's a... it's
2: okay. He means really well, and he'll. No, do no, great. No, no,
0: no. He's a maniac, Thrall. I mean, I was on a boat with him, and he was pulling people's eyes out. He was pulling their eyes out, Thrall. I,
2: I really want you to rethink. Okay, this but you just need to like look at him like I do. <laughs> no, I can't. He pulled out my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, See, and he was... here's the thing, right, Luthor? What you said would it have been better? For Thrall to have killed Garrosh back in Orgrimmar. Yes. And what what I find intensely ironic is that the person that prevented Garrosh Hellscream's death was Varian Wren. Varian wanted Garrosh taken to trial. Varian wanted, you know, well, okay... Yeah, he wanted Garrosh taken to trial. He wanted him to stand trial for his crimes. He wanted him to be tried as a human. And the thing is, is that's not a human. Never was. That's an orc. It's an evil orc. He should probably have died at that point in time. And what I really think is important here is the fact that Jaina was absolutely right. They should have (laughs) killed. They should have taken him out. They should have taken him out right then. Because if Varian had not intervened. If Thrall had actually, like, killed Garrosh at that moment, okay, Thrall's reestablishing his dominance over the Horde, that's a no, good thing. he wouldn't
0: have, he wouldn't have, uh, that's actually a very interesting point. If Thrall had killed Garrosh at that moment, he would have dishonored himself. Probably. That's not how orcs do it, and you even have Sorfang during war crimes says, no, he should be given a weapon, and he should be allowed to fight me. And then, if he fights me, and he wins, he goes free. And that's the orc justice system and that's dead. the thing all the orcs with w- the orc justice system would have dead it, 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 the whole thing i want a trial for him if they'd done it the orc way Sorfang would have tossed him an axe and they would have gone at it and that's how their justice system works
1: and I, I feel like in the world of azeroth when you've got somebody who's messed up as much stuff as garrosh i feel like even the human stormwindian justice system would be chop his freaking head off
2: yeah, but they According didn't even to do Dana, that. According Jaina, it would be, and maybe they should have listened to Jaina at that point. The thing that means um, they decided to give it to the to panda people
0: because he's hurt us more. And I'm sitting there going, dude, I got a crater north of here. You want to go look at that? That That's actually it's south of there. You want to go look at that crater and tell me again how, you know, he hurt you more? He's been hurting people all over the place. isn't just Pandaria. I mean, yes, he blew up your veil and he stuck you with an axe because you got cocky. But no, it isn't. The whole idea of, you know, we should try him. Dude, we're in Orgrimmar right now. I'm not putting him on a boat and taking him back to Pandaria. I say we do with this. That's always been And the me.
2: thing is, is if Thrall had killed him in that moment, Garrosh, number one, never would have gone to trial. Number two, never would have gone to Draenor. Number three, there never would have been that duel moment between Thrall and Garrosh. And I... I find it interesting the fallout from that, the fallout from that duel because it's very directly addressed in Legion. If you play a shaman and even if you don't play a shaman as your main I feel like maybe you should play one at some point during the course of Legion just to do the intro quests and do Thrall's quest chain because it addresses that very head-on and I'm not going to spoil it because I don't want to spoil things that haven't come out yet it's talked about. This very topic is talked about And I I like the fact that they finally came to some kind of resolution with that and they actually addressed it because it was this thing that that Thrall had done for so many years and nobody bothered to point it out. The only guy who pointed it out was Garrosh right before he died,
0: (laughs) which I got to say still bums me out.
1: Imagine if we put every genocidal maniac in World of Warcraft on trial instead of killing them.
2: Boy, it'd make the end of Wrath a lot more interesting. <laughs> every, I mean, every
1: expansion would end with lawyers. We would have we would have to drag kill Jaden to Deathwing, I'm to sorry, a but we're
2: serving you
0: papers. Ready. Actually, the the thing is, is that you know. War crimes doesn't even have lawyers. It's just got Taronda and, and Bain kind of going back and forth. I'm just like imagining like vi- we get to find out other justice systems like no miss justice systems. You have like 16 high tankers involved. It's like oh my god, they have to build machines to determine who's right. Yeah, you know, the the dwarves. It's like we, we we
1: just use hammers. It's a
2: complex punch card system. There's a lottery involved. <laughs> Don't ask. It's very complicated. But we've probably talked about this enough. <laughs>
1: Why did Garrosh get a trial if Deathwing doesn't get a trial? Dragons deserve justice too.
2: Deathwing just didn't stop long enough
0: to get a trial. Quite frankly, Deathwing definitely isn't a guy who's going to stand still to be tried. I but yeah, think the
2: Aspects right? tried Deathwing in their own way and found him failing on many fronts. So they just kind of orchestrated this whole mess. But that's what, we should move uh, on to the next email. Um, uh, which, yeah, considering. <laughs> Which is from Nia from Warsaw who says, hello, I finally got to play the Legion beta this weekend and I'm loving the new content. I feel like posting a bunch of screenshots of characters and environments on social media to share my excitement but I was wondering if that's okay or even legal. How how much can we reveal slash what's considered considerate? I'm talking about a personal Twitter or Instagram account where people don't necessarily go for wow information thanks for your time love the show there's no such thing as too much lore long time listener since the old days ania there is nothing you can
0: pretty much do whatever you want you shouldn't post spoilers if you don't want to ruin it for people but people were streaming
1: this yeah, right? there's no NDA. Uh, you can share screenshots, video, whatever. You're not
2: going to get in um, trouble for it. I think um, just for consideration purposes, maybe tag it as spoilers if there's spoiler stuff in it. Just And maybe let your followers know that you are going to be posting stuff from the beta before you start doing it. Just so that if they if they happen to be avoiding it, they know to avoid whatever you're putting up there for a little while.
1: That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, just, just be considerate. Uh, legally, you can do whatever. You can do screenshots, you can do videos, you can stream it. They won't stop you. They don't care.
2: And Rossi, you got anything else to add? No, I I was
0: just going to say, do you think we have time for another
2: email? Yeah, we do.
1: Okay. Short one.
2: Short one. Um, let me find a short one. Do, 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 do. Oh my gosh, none of these are particularly short. No, they don't. Alright, we'll go to the last one and the other two we'll just carry them over to next week. So, uh, this one is from Eclipo. I think so. Anyway, Eclepo? Eclepo? Yeah, maybe. Who says, Hi Blizzard Watch, my name is Eklepo, Warlock Goblin on Chogal, and I had a transmog question. I really like Goldon, I know, I know, kind of odd, and I want my goblin to be a follower in game. I noticed the Shadow Council in non Jungle, specifically the Fell Blood Corruptors, have some really cool armor. Is there any way to get this armor in game for transmog purposes? Any direction would be greatly appreciated, love the podcast and keep up the good work. I don't think so.
1: so uh, Rossi, I assumed you would have included this email because you had an answer.
0: No? <laughs> oh? There's two other people on the show, man. Uh, well, I figured one of you might have an answer.
1: I, I, you actually play Warlocks, man. Um, I, I don't think the uh, Hellblood Corruptor armor or anything Guldan like is accessible by players. I could be very much mistaken, but it's all very spiky and felly, kind of like Guldan is, and that's more like. Character model thing, that an armor thing.
0: Yeah, as far as I know, that this isn't like. I mean, the closest you could get there, there is the there's that toy you can get that like makes turns you into one of the Sargari.
2: Yeah, it basically
0: dresses you up in in like evil robes, and I think those robes are available in game separately, but I don't I don't know what they are. Aren't I don't
2: there shoulders thing. somewhere in the Hellfire Raid that look kind of like Goldan's shoulders? I want to say there are, maybe. I am
1: don't maybe I don't play warlocks.
2: Yeah, I I'm not. I'm not a clothy. I'm really sorry. I, I kinda of thought Warlock Boy over there would be more useful. <laughs> I don't
0: I
1: play a like level ninety two warlock on a live stream. <laughs> uh, this I have not even done a raid on a warlock. But, All right, well uh, our answer is we're not very helpful. Sorry. We're, we're not very
2: helpful, but also a lot of the pieces that are on the armor, like they've got um, the skull necklace and their belt is all skulls and things and it's like really demonic and fell looking. I think your closest bet to find anything that even remotely resembles that kind of stuff is in Hellfire Citadel. Like take a look at the cloth drops from Hellfire Citadel because anywhere else in game I don't think you're really going to see it. I-, I know for a fact like leveling up 1 to 100 there is no cloth gear that looks like that. Um, that's very specific.
1: Yeah, I hopped over to Wowhead real quick to look at shoulders out of Hellfire. Mm-hmm. And there's ones that look like uh, Archimonde's shoulders. And there is the Death Rattle shoulder pads, which have a skull on
2: it. But I wouldn't say it looks Guldani. Does it have like bones and spikes coming out of it? Yeah. Because the Felblood like, the... Corruptors, they, they've got yeah. their armor is like really cool.
0: I'm looking at one right now. And a lot of this is actually stuff growing out of the body. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that, I'm think i pretty sure this is a character model as opposed to armor pieces.
0: I mean, if you want to look weird and warlocky, though, I'll, I'll say this right now for nothing. The tier one warlock set from Molten Core still has, like, wacky shoulders and is crazy.
1: You so... get the horns. The horns. Uh, I've been doing that on my warlock every week to try and get those horns for transmog purposes, and I can't get them. They won't drop.
2: They're awesome horns, though.
1: <laughs> they are.
2: So, yeah, I don't know if that really helps you all that much, Equipo, but... Maybe that'll give you some pointers. Sorry, we couldn't be more helpful. Um,
1: uh, what is it? Um, Warlock Tier 5
2: that has the skulls on spikes? Is it Tier 5? The one from Black Temple? Yeah. No. It's Tier
0: 6. Tier 6 is Black Temple. Tier 6 tier is, five cool is because is it's
2: got Tempest. the wings. Tier 5 is cool. because Yeah, that's Tempest Keep and... Tempest Keep and Sessacy. So look
1: at the Burning Crusade Warlock sets. I think they're going to be the best skulls and spikes Warlock sets.
2: I forgot about that one, the tier five, because the tier five looks really great. It's like red and black kind of, and I think there's um there's a greenish variant that you can get out there that's like random drops from bosses rather than an actual set set piece. I know because I have pieces of it on my rogue. Don't ask. Anyway, <laughs> that might actually yeah I forgot about that set. That's Burning actually Crusade
1: tier sets. Check those out.
2: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good set, and I do like the one that comes from Black Temple too because it's got the wings the wings pop out and that looks really cool it's not the same thing at all it's nothing remotely resembling the whole fell corruption thing but it looks really cool and it's very warlocky and evil
0: warlock's, warlocks got a ton of evil looking sets so
2: yeah almost every tier is pretty evil looking all right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up for emails. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ad-free site experience. Thank you, Anne. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we
0: will be here next week.